I'm Ian Dallimore, and this is Digital Enduring. All right, welcome back, guys. My next guest, she's someone that that I've really admired uh, over COVID, over Zoom, over Keynote, kind of followed her, and then a friend introduced us. So over the last two decades, she's been a global strategic brand and agency leader. This is my favorite part about her. She's established as a troublemaker for change. She was campaigns 40 over 40 award for innovation, and she's a highly creative thinker. My new friend, Diageo's SVP of Whiskey, North America, Sophie Kelly. Nice to have you, Sophie. Yeah, hey, and thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. So the first time I saw you speak, I didn't know you. I was just one of those random thousands of people in the in the Zoom, and you were speaking, doing a keynote, and I fell in love with your your style and your passion because you were making drinks as you were uh, you were being interviewed, and I was like, this is a woman for my heart. She loves out of home. She loves creativity, and she can mix drinks on the fly. So. We greatly appreciate it. Um, so maybe maybe tell our listeners a little bit about, first off, the brands that you represent at Diageo, um, and then we can dive into a couple of questions with you. Yeah, cool. So um, I run the whiskey portfolio at Diageo. I think I have the greatest uh, job, uh, and that goes across sort of all the bourbons you would know, like Bullet, Canadian Whiskey, Crown Royal. Uh, if you talk about... Uh, New to our brands like um, George Dickel, Awesome Barrel, some new ones coming off the line. I.W. Harper is a fantastic um, bourbon done in a Cabernet cast. Then if we move over to kind of Scotch, the land of Scotch, Johnny Walker, uh, Buchanan's a fantastic uh, blended whiskey. And then we have a huge single malt portfolio, so a couple that people might recognize is Oban, Lagavulin, actually, uh, Nick Offerman worked with us on Lagavulin and just did a, a little fantastic limited edition release. Uh, and then, you know, things like Copper Dog and, yeah, I think we've got about 27 single malts. So uh, it keeps me pretty busy and it's pretty interesting. And uh, a lot of people are drinking them and enjoying them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I'm a big fan of the of the bullet. I become a connoisseur on making uh, old fashions and that's my that's my go-to nice yeah so <laughs> are you a rye drinker or uh, I, I am a rye I'm a rye drinker for sure yeah good for you yeah. yeah 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 actually we just um we just released uh there's a good 12 year old I have to send you and we also just released a um Scottish rye with Johnny Walker which is really interesting you might like Oh, beautiful. I love it. So I know this is like blasphemy, me asking like who your favorite child is, but so who, do you have a favorite, a go-to? <laughs> no, I really and truly love um, all of them for different, for different reasons, Absolutely. right? I mean, I will say, I will say that, um, you know, just, just Crown Royal XO, which is one of our high marks, is one of the most spectacularly smooth um, whiskeys I've had. Bullet 10-year-old, I love. Um, kind of hard to get right now, but it's a really beautiful uh, vanilla notes and it's fantastic. And then uh, Johnny Blue, you really can't go past. But then I love um, a lot of our, our special releases, like the celebratory blend from Johnny Walker, Jane Walker blend, which is amazing. And then um, when you go to... 
kind of the most. So I have to say Oban I love. Um, and then I am really fond of Palisade with moisture. Because ah, it brings out all the saltiness. Yeah. <laughs> but I could go on for yeah. a long time. So one of the, one of, again, as I had said, and this is my own view of you, I don't know you extremely well, but just know you from a distance. And you and I spoke on a virtual panel as well with our uh, uh, mutual friend, Anna Bogger. And one of the things that I love about you, she, yeah. yeah, she is spectacular. Um, one of the things that I love about you is you're just so optimistic and just tenacious and you believe in, believe in the product and you can kind of hear it in your voice where a lot of people in your role in different brands and agencies, it's just kind of like a job. And people ask me all the time, like, Ian, why do you get so excited when you talk about what you do? And I'm like, well, I believe in it and I'm passionate about it. So what, what, what is it about uh, Sophie that just gets you inspired every day about the brands that you represent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I, I feel really lucky because I really love what I do. Uh, and, you know, I've always really loved it from the moment that I worked into the first advertising agency when I was like in my very early 20s. And, you know, the fact of the matter is fantastic advertising or marketing has the ability to change culture or drive culture, um, but it also has the ability to have amazing social impact. Uh, and that's what really excites me about what we do. I mean, I think I love the brands I work on. You know, they're iconic. They've been, they're over, some of them are over 200 years old, right? So they have survived on marketing and being relevant and living in people's lives and being a part of people's lives. And that's a huge responsibility. Um, I love kind of, you know, really having a high expectation on ourselves that it's not just about selling products, right? It's about traveling alongside culture. It's about understanding the values that you want to share with different communities. And it's about doing things uh, in those communities that make a difference, you know, that either entertain or are utility and useful or get in the game and help, um, promote uh, diversity and equality. I mean, some of the stuff we've done with, you know, Johnny Walker, the recent stuff we've done with Angel City, which is joining up with them, women-owned, women-funded, women-played soccer team, getting our artists to work on the brand to create the first ever, you know, anthem for the football team and having that performed at the launch of the season. You know, things like that, you know, Marketing and advertising doesn't just have to be 30-second or 15-second or 5-second ads, right? It can be actions for communities. And I think, you know, that's what still excites me about what we do. Yeah, and it's, look, typically in the out-of-home space and a, and a lot of media, the, the spirit category, you normally just see it during the holiday time and leading up to it. And I think that that's, that's <laughs> such a miss and it's like, Look, nobody's nobody wants to bring over the bottle of liquor for Christmas only. There's so much fun. There's so many gatherings. And to your point, you know what you're doing um, within Diageo and the whiskey brands. It's you're walking the walk, and the brands are doing that. So it, I'd love to get your perspective because when I first started with Lamar, one of the accounts that I handled when I I did sales way back in the day was um, was a spirit brand in uh, Tennessee. And went to the distillery and you could immediately 
like you had just mentioned, you could feel the history and the passion and the pride. So maybe touch oh, on yeah. touch on that a bit because you are walking into, and a lot of these bourbon and whiskey brands, you're walking into the living rooms of families and multi-generations. So the level of respect and and kind of tweaking their their thoughts about their brand from an advertising perspective, I would imagine at times would be challenging, but also exciting. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it goes back to you have to understand, um, you know, when the brand was born, uh, what kind of values the brand had and the type of communities it resonates with. I mean, if you look at a, a brand like uh, Crown Royal, right, it's the biggest U.S. spirit. Uh, whiskey spirit uh, in value and you know you think about that brand that was born as a gift to the king and queen of England when they visited Canada but it traveled it was born in Canada but it was raised in the US in Mm -hmm. Texas right with oil all the oil workers as a as a as a kind of gift because it came in the purple bag Mm -hmm. now Today, it's about understanding that community, uh, how it was used, how it was born, and then making it making it uh, uh, relevant for, for for a whole new generation of people to enjoy. So, if you look at you know what Crown Royal stands for, it it links into its original use. It stands for inspiring exceptional generosity. We use the purple bags, and we get people to bring them back into retail. And then we work with packages for home, and we pack them. Um, with gifts for the military who are overseas. We also use that purple bag to pack essentials for disaster relief uh, across the country. So you look at um, something like that, and that's transferring the origins of how the brand came into the world into a broader, scalable platform that still supports what we want it to mean, which is about facilitating generosity, a gift to people. Um, If you look at kind of like bullet and you think about its origins right it was a brand that were it was one of the first bourbons to be made with high rice okay so um it was different uh to the other bourbons and it was new on the block and it was uh suggesting a different recipe so you know we called it kind of the frontier bourbon um and and we went about and talked to bartenders about the benefit of high rye. And whilst it was born in Kentucky, it was actually, again, raised with the San Francisco uh, bartenders, uh, who are arguably of the elite in bartending, who, who taught people how to create different drinks with this high rye bourbon. And when you look at, you know, uh, that brand as it's matured and as it's grown, it's been the last 10, 15 years. Um, its distillery that we bought is not the same as like Jack Daniels or, you know, um, Woodford Reserve. It's very modern because it's new and it's all about uh, new experiences in culture and and um, in bourbon. And when you go in there, it has a completely different feel, but a feel that is about the collaboration with the trade and the collaboration with the creator community and the experiences that come from that. So. It's about being true to, to, to how you came into the world, who actually um, uh, introduced you, like uh, the communities that introduced you, and then how you, you create the world around the brand that differentiates you from other people. I mean, if you think about Bullet, we had to be the modern method of distilling, so we are the first carbon-neutral distillery in Kentucky, you know? 
Yeah. What are we going to do that's going to mark the difference? Yeah, and then what it what that does, which, which is amazing, is it it not only are you evolving with with the audiences that it it's kind of birthed from and gone, but now with Bullet with that completely carbon neutral, it now has an impact that says, "Hey, competitors, what are you going to do?" And then it differentiates itself from yeah. a competitive, but it also makes the world a better place as it relates to you know how they process it and. So that that's spectacular. Um, I love the maybe touch a little bit on the the Johnny Walker and the Jane Walker. You touched on it briefly with the Angels City sponsorship. That's you guys launched that during oh, yeah. National Women's Day a few years back. We did, we did. We've been on a journey with this for, for, for five years. In fact, you know, um, I'm standing on the kind of shoulder of giants who launched mm-hmm. this, and then I've evolved the platform. But um, so you know, Johnny Walker is the most prestigious guy. Uh, uh, globally, actually, in the world. It's very well known. And, you know, Scotch is huge everywhere else, but not so much in the U.S. We're a very heavy bourbon kind of culture. And um, the, the the other challenge with Scotch is that, you know, people tended to get Johnny Walker and they put it up on the pedestal. You know, it's a special occasion to bring it out when we're really celebrating something major that we've achieved. You know, it's so special. So the job here was really to say, like, you know, we're a brand that's about progress and marking moments of achievement um, and sharing them with loved ones. But you, you you can have a lot of those moments. You don't have to wait. And actually, if we're going to be a brand that stands for progress, then, you know, we have to stand for women's progress. We have to stand for diversity and we have to be far more inclusive than the old trope of, you know, gentlemen's clubs and Scots because people get all kind of concerned about talking about this. Are we saying, oh, this is this is a Scotch made for women? No, we're not. What we're saying is, you know, <laughs> whether you like it or not, there was a certain thing in this country where there was a time where women couldn't go into bars. Right. You know, exactly. So, you know, our job was to sort of um, talk about and get very involved in the equality agenda in the country. So what you saw us do with the launch of Jane Walker was play with the famous icon of the striding man. Um, but along with that came a lot of action, you know, which was we teamed up with She Should Run to encourage women to, to, to run for office. We teamed up with Monumental Women, which is all about the fact that when you look across this country, there are a few mon- monuments to the achievement of women. So how could we start to actually mark those and get that going. And this is a really important thing because when you look at equality and you look at inspiring um, uh, people to achieve, people get a lot of strength by looking back to be motivated about going forward. So that was all about that. We worked, we launched like the first women's campaign where last year where we got, um, you know, we also teamed up with uh, the Women's March. We started working with the ERA because believe it or not, in this country, women do not have equal rights, okay? So um, the, the the ratification of uh, the Equal Rights Amendment is a big agenda that we're working on at the moment. And then, you know, things like the first women campaign, which was where we said to all the creators who've worked with the brand, how about we team up with iPhone women? You go out and you find women who are breaking boundaries and representing progress in their field, 
and we'll fund them and get and pay it forward for them to do more. So that was probably one of the the most kind of contagious mm-hmm. um, executions we did. And Angel City is a part of that, uh, and women's sport is a part of that. So. You know, what's that about? That's about making sure that your values as a brand, uh, if you want to stand for progress, make sure it's equality of progress uh, across the audiences. And then when you actually go into those communities, make sure that you are creating value and sharing uh, uh, values and moving things forward versus just doing advertising. Because what happens is you then get this community of people around you to um, bring in more like-minded people, um, and and uh, that whole thing is really about paying it forward, and it feels good, and and uh, and it's, it's it's arguably better than straightforward, you know, ads. Yeah, and it's it's amazing because there's so many other brands outside of Spirits that should be doing more of this. I'm not saying that they aren't, but I love yeah. the I love the fact that you are you're taking a spirit brand and a, and a category that's not very traditional, but you're, you're introducing a brand that's now being a part of, of a new category as well. And you're talking the talk, like we had said, and walk the walk. And it's more fun to not just fun, like iconic people straight out the shoot that are the, the celebrities, but you're actually promoting and everyday women that are having impacts in their lives. And that's, you know, that's spectacular. So one of the things you also talked about is marketing advertising creates a culture. And I think that's often myths, yeah. but the brands that you represent in every campaign that I've ever, ever seen across the Diageo portfolio, it's very thoughtful and it's very authentic in the way that it, it moves throughout the consumer's day. Cause that's the way that we look at advertising. It's just a part it's woven into our life. Yeah, totally. And I think, I think you have to look at like w- what your role is. In, in it's sort of old school, right? But who are you talking to? What's the inside about how you're going to activate with them? So, so what are you going to do for them? And then when you go into it, what is the role of the brand? Like, you know, there's nothing good about COVID, right? It's been horrific for people, uh, so many people in so many industries. And, you know, very close to our heart is the hospitality industry. But it also became rather than sort of dwelling on the negativity of it, it became a, a, a driving force for us on how we were going to help the hospitality industry and how we were going to get in the game. So if you look at like a, a brand like Crown, who wants to stand for generosity, um, you know, one of my favorite things we did was uh, we teamed up with Anthony Ramos and, and Ari Lennox to recreate the song, If You Want Me To Stay. And so every time somebody stream that um we donated and we ended up when we released it we ended up sort of donating i think about 3.7 million dollars within four days wow you know and right and so how good does that feel not only is it a beautiful piece of film but it's got a purpose at the heart of it you know and then i think about something near and dear to you you know when we when tribeca first opened and, and they were one of the first festivals to come to New York, right? We said, oh, wow, how are we going to get in the game? How are we going to pull people into the street? How are we going to motivate them to get back to the bars, to the local bars? And we did the outdoor campaign, yep. which is like, you know, scan this QR code and first drinks on us at your local, right? That's 
outdoor, having an active role in creating a message and scanning a code and, you know, encouraging people to get back out there. Um, and that just felt, you know, it felt like, again, we were doing our bit to help the festivals get back up and going. Um, uh, so, sure, we're involved in the festivals because people are having a good time there enjoying our product, but we were still giving back and, and getting, get, and triggering people to get out there. So, you know, and then I think about how you use, to your point, uh, talking about changing culture and having impact, like national sponsor of the NFL. So what did our goal become with Crown? Our goal became about um, celebrating the small businesses that make game day big, yep. okay? They're coming off of COVID. They've had the worst possible time. And, you know, now we're in game day. Everybody loves game day. And how are we going to put these, put these small businesses on steroids and help them get back up and running and celebrate them on game day so that everybody benefits. And, you know, we did really small things too, consumer things. We know there's a lot of people on fantasy football or DraftKings betting on their favorite team. So we said, okay, every time you bet, we'll donate to the yep. small businesses in your local area. So we turned the gambling <laughs> kind of platform into a platform it's for giving. Yeah. So, you know, real. Really, you said it at the beginning. Why do I get so excited about it? I mean, when you look across the portfolio and how we play in culture, if you really put your mind to thinking about it, there are opportunities for you to do good and have positive impact everywhere. Yeah, and you're really, Sophie, what what you're doing, and it seems very complex, but it's really not that difficult. It's like put yourself into the daily lives of yourself, right? It's that easy. And it's like, okay, well, I have a drink. This is where I go on Friday nights. And, you know, I love stabs, local shout out to the steakhouse here. And I love a smoky old fashioned. So I say, hey, can you make a a smoky old fashioned? But it, it becomes, it becomes bigger than that. Right. And that's all you're doing is you're taking your brand and you're making it a bigger story about it. And the crown Royal, I love that campaign. And you guys did a phenomenal job of using digital out of home where you were doing live scores in real time when game, yeah. yeah, when games got out of hand, it was like, okay, maybe switch to water and you were using dynamic content there. Yeah. And, but it was still promoting the brand and it was a lot of fun and you were providing relevant content of live game scores with the brand of crown Royal in that case. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, that was a pretty awesome campaign. Actually, we've been running that for I think, like four years, right? And and basically, here here again is a lesson in that. What is that based on? Okay, so we believe in promoting a healthy relationship uh, with consumption of, of alcohol. It's part of what we uh, think about and activate on. And that was a really simple insight. You know, it's like don't be the beep that ruins game day for you and your friends by over drinking okay and how are we going to say that to people in a contextually relevant way so that was like water break you know and now it's it's fascinating because you even find internally or when you're out people are using that as they're like okay let's take a water break you know and you know it's 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 getting into the culture getting into the the zeitgeist of the minds of how people are behaving in that moment and around that occasion and working out how to connect in it in a positive way. That's not a, you know, let me lecture you on the following, but something that can become a part of their behavior. Yeah. And it's really kind of, I don't use, I mean to use the word lame, but it, it's really kind of lame whenever a brand's like, 
here's the bottle of liquor. And you guys do so much more. And I know this is your passion. Oh. So one of, yeah, and you and I have talked about this and I know you're, you're a huge fan of the local regional aspect. So as I was looking through different mm-hmm. Diageo campaigns that were a part of your career, one of my most recent favorite ones was during Hispanic Heritage Month, you guys did a food truck makeover with Latinx artists and you utilized oh, yeah. that brand and it talked to the Hispanic Latin community. So maybe, yeah. So maybe touch yeah. on that a little bit. Cause that one was fun and it was very hyper targeted. Yeah. 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 So we, um, and actually that was done by my team. Um, and we did it, we did it to, to, to sort of go alongside the Hispanic community to support them, to create an experience for them, but to also help push, um, their businesses forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and then we used we used outdoor as a as a as a enabler of it, um, and I mean we're still running that. By the way, yep. here's the other thing: that's not a one and done yep. thing. That will be a commitment that we we keep on going. And I'm actually, I actually my team is doing that. I think we've rolled that out to more markets now, but I'm not as close to it. But yep. yeah, they um, that fabulous success. But that but that's about understanding. You know, your core consumer, what they're passionate about and getting alongside how they enjoy themselves, mm-hmm. you know, whether that be food, whether that be music, and also supporting the local the local companies. I mean, another one which is which is kind of really fun, which talks to the power of of outdoor was, you know, with bullets. Yeah. You know, our key market was LA and um, we uh, we were working with. We actually, this is really interesting. A bunch of creators, tattoo artists, were in the brand, and they were they would send us things, you know. And um, so we said, well, let's do an event with them. And then we said, but we'd like to create something from the event. And so they came together when we did the first ever um, real tattoo billboard in LA okay and we had a whole whole thing around that and that billboard is now up in the distillery right (laughs) so it moved now the other so the way to get the next time we took a little bit further because and we worked with an artist called um Lisa Shorty who is who is a neon artist and we worked with the whole neon movement in LA um and so she did a billboard in, in in Grand Central Market now, the fascinating thing about that billboard is it was an experience. The neon artists came together and we had a whole tour around it and it went up in Grand Central Market. Well, it's still up today because it became a destination yep. for people to visit and get a photo in front of on Google Maps. Yeah. So, like, there you go. That's a piece of outdoor, two pieces of outdoor that, that became destinations, were an experience, and one that is still an experience in the tourist attraction within within the area i mean if you look at um uh johnny you know one of the big challenges we had with johnny was uh, johnny walker was you know as i said before people getting stuck on kind of a certain way to drink it in a certain moment so it became about really letting the icon off the leash Mm -hmm. and exploring the different expressions um uh of johnny walker and you know so we did I mean, we did Brookfield Takeover, which was so beautiful and vibrant. And it was, you know, the iconography of the working man through the whole thing. It was the bottles spinning. And then at certain day parts, 
the dynamic sizes would change to um, to drip suggestion. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that you know, people get stuck on on kind of like, oh, you know, outdoor, it's static, is it creative? Oh, there are different kind of sizes. There's not that's actually fantastic. Because yep. literally what you're saying is I'm gonna transform the street. And I'm going to use art outdoor as as um, as art, right? And the power of suggestion, and uh, it's done well. It's beautiful. I mean, the other one we did was, you know, through the pandemic and Black Lives Matter and all the sort of, you know, things we all lived through that were really hard on people. What I was fascinated with was you saw people take the street and create. You know, and they were putting their messages out there and they were telling people big messages on society. And I was thinking, you know, we really have to preserve this somehow, you know. So the other thing we did with Palm Royal is we went along and we preserved those, those art pieces and then we turned them into an experience and then we kind of sold those and then the profit went to the artist. So again, that's not, uh, you know, drink my, Canadian whiskey. Right, yeah. That this is a community we care about. How are we going to facilitate an experience and and preserve something for them? Which is a little like the the food trucks with Buchanan as well. Yeah, it's, I love that. And again, your passion for the industry just oozes. And we talk about that all the time, Sophie, internally and externally to brands. Like, I mean, it's a blank canvas. And I tell my my brother tells me this all the time. Like, there's nothing more fun than an out of home campaign because you have a billboard that's a blank canvas and you can do whatever you want with it. And you know, creating you guys are very disruptive in a positive way, utilizing the space. You're very local, hyper local with your messaging, which is really talks to the community. And you find yourself in the community just as you're used to your friends ordering a certain beverage, and you kind of follow suit you start to find yourself yeah. being more impacted by the culture impact and, and really having fun. It's, you know, as you'd mentioned food trucks, foodie people have become the fascinating thing and the brand itself that you guys represent, they're starting to evolve. It's not just the typical, you know, one certain type of crown Royal. It's, it's a mix of things. No. And, and how do you play on that? And how do you allow the consumer to be more creative with the brand and inspire creativity. And, you know, from the food truck with the painting, and then now people are tasting certain foods that they've never tasted before. And they're seeing, okay, well, I can pair yeah. this with this and have fun with it, right? And it's no longer the wine or that right. top shelf, you know? You can have a peanut butter and jelly with a, a bullet on the rocks and it it may taste fascinating to somebody, you know? So be creative. <laughs> and you guys do that in the out-of-home space. I don't recommend drinking and eating PBJs for the record. But no, probably not. Well, you never know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fun. And um, and I think, you know, it goes back to simple marketing uh, rules, right? Is Like if you think about Buchanan and, and the food truck experiences and the pay for it, that's about understanding what's important to that audience, yeah. you know, and how you're going to share an experience and some values that that is memorable and, 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 and has a positive impact. Yeah. You know, we don't have the ability today. Not, I think, again, I'm going to say, oh, you know, if there was something good that came out of COVID, I think, you know, that period of time made us all um, listen harder, 
lead with empathy more and um, you know, people are literally living in each other's houses. Like, look, you're in my room apartment right now. This right. is weird. We break through so many things, but we also witness so much sorrow and and I think as you know, big companies and big brands said it's no longer good enough not to be making a difference and making a positive impact. Um, you know, and I think, um, you know, what do you do for community? Like you talked about the Buchanan thing, the community fridges, you know, giving Hispanic community meals um, in LA and Miami, but, but not in a, um, not in a way that wasn't an uplifting experience yeah. that helped them celebrate, that helped them, you know, still do the things that they enjoy in, in, in their community. And I think a lot of companies just said it's not good enough to just sell people. Yeah. We have to support. And I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think now the challenge is for all the things we started, how do we keep that line in the plan and continue to commit and double down? Because people remember that way more than they remember some, you know, passing by digital units. Right. Yeah, you, it's we've now entered the world where I want to hear the story of the brand while I'm telling the story with my friends and experience in the brand so that we're continuing to make memories. So yeah. you, you you make that a part of of who you are and make that brand a part of your your life and that experience with the brand. Yeah. And I think I think, you know, the other thing that happened is the direct to consumer thing. The you know, where I work is where I choose to work. You know, I can access food, product, entertainment, shop, on demand, at wherever I want. And I think the good part about that ha- it, it, it means that, you know, we have so many other opportunities and places to enhance experiences. But also what we've seen is, you know, the use of the creator community and sort of, you know, more and more creators coming out of the woodwork um, and creating audiences and creating experiences that brands can come alongside and, and, and move forward. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not the sort of, and it hasn't been for a while, but, you know, um, how can you do good in the world and how can you work with the creator community to amplify that at scale, I think, is, is, is on steroids right now. Yeah. And as we kind of wrap up the podcast, because you and I could tell stories and I could just listen to your stories all day, <laughs> as I know our listeners are going to be so excited about this. And there's a use for technology with the brands. And so maybe kind of touch on that. We, you know, you talk about now customizing certain shoes. And now we're entering the world where you can customize bottles of liquor and you can kind of make make your yeah. own story within with these iconic brands. So maybe touch on that just a tad and and we'll kind of wrap up here. Yeah, look, I think um, tech is amazing. I think, you know, personally, I think what's going on with crypto and NFTs um, and those communities is probably one of the biggest disruptions we've seen in marketing. I think it's super exciting and it's incredibly polarizing. Um, What do I love about it? It's money, creativity, product, experiences, and most importantly, really dynamic and fast-moving um, community, right, that you can have a completely different relationship with. So that excites me, and you're going to see us start to do some really cool stuff in that in that space across the brands. Um, 
And, you know, we're learning, right? We don't know where it's going to go. But you look at um, gaming and you think about kind of horse racing in the metaverse and you think about, you know, the Kentucky Derby and and what might we be able to do for year-long experiences with brands. I mean, that is super exciting. I think just on demand, I mean, through COVID, we got into, um, you know, formats different formats for our brands. How do you how do you give people craft cocktails? You talked about making the ultimate old fa- ultimate old fashioned. This is not necessarily tech, but we just released our, you know, old fashioned and Manhattan uh, large format mix for bullet and it is fantastic. So how do we get, you know, better quality uh, drinks into people's hands? What format does it take? How do we match creative community with um, bartending community to create new experiences for consumers. That's all part of it. And then, you know, I think uh, direct-to-consumer, like how do we link um, VIP experiences from, from, from you know, uh, distilleries? I mean, one of the areas, and it's not necessarily tech, but it is kind of grains of glass, right? How is grains of glass and what we need to do in our agenda there going to change the experience of how people get their whiskey? Will it mean barrels in bars that people serve themselves from? How, you know, I think you're going to see a whole load more experimentation in relation to moving kind of the sustainability agenda forward in the spirits industry coming our way soon. Um, So, uh, you know, tech as a facilitator, of better on-demand, pull-down consumer experiences, uh, sustainability agendas as a motivator for new formats and new ways to experience the brand. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there's got to be more, right? No, I think... And it, then getting yeah. into NFTs. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're there. Hopefully you and I can have a, have a drink in the metaverse one day in Sandbox or Distillery. But... Without a doubt, I know that you're going to find a way. Um, I know you and I kind of teased about a concept and an idea of like NFTing a maybe a hand painted wall and give away a, a like our friend yeah. Gary V does and have an iconic. I love that's it. painted. Yeah, so we'll we'll do some fun stuff. As I said when I started this podcast, I you have this unapologetic belief about creativity, about culture, about purpose, and I. I'm honored to know you and I think everyone that that is around you and listens to you and everything you do for the out-of-home industry and much more beyond. So very gracious of your time and continue to do amazing things. Hey, you know, thanks for having me and it's been awesome and we do need to do that idea. Let's get on that. Let's make that real. Digital and Dirt is brought to you by Lamar Advertising. To learn more, check out the links in the description or go to lamar.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Spotify, Apple, or other platforms where podcasts are found. Thanks for listening.